Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. This is Christopher Chan, your host, and I'm here with Charles Duke, who is the Managing Director of the French Dairy Board here in Seattle, showing off some cheese. And uh, there are 1,300 different kinds of cheeses produced in France. Uh, we only have a very, very small slice of five cheeses here. We have the Briat Savarin, the uh, Saint-Hectaire, and uh, the Comte. Um, what's next? I see this orange cheese. It looks like cheddar, but I don't think it is. Oh, this one's called Mimolette. Mimolette is a, a round melon-shaped cheese that was created back in the time of Louis XIV, who was having issues with the Dutch at the time, and Edom and Gouda was very, were very popular. And so he decided to uh, stop buying from them, and he decided to make his own. And that's how Mimolette was born. So Mimolette is kind of a, that same texture. As it ages, it becomes br more brittle, and it really has some nutty and butterscotch flavors to it. Uh, the bright orange color comes from annatto, which is a seed that comes from Brazil, and that was used to differentiate it from the right. others. The annatto seed, yes, and that gives you color, that orange color. Right. Um, do they actually just add that to the milk when yes. they're... Um, uh, and there's different cultures for each cheese, correct? So Different cultures, different strains of uh, penicillium in order to uh, give is it Is it penicillium? Yeah. So yeah. All right. So really, Louis Pasteur was uh, messing around with cheese. He figured it out, huh? Yeah. Very cool. This is um, this is a very flavorful cheese. Yeah. Uh, the Mimolette. And is this from Versailles then, or what? No, this is from northern France. Mm. From northern France uh, and... It's a great cheese to use grated. Uh, you can make a great mac and cheese with it, for instance. It really oh, yeah. adds a lot of flavor to uh, to any dish. Mm, it reminds me a little bit of uh, of an aged Gouda, right? And uh, so there was some some uh, bad blood or bad cheese with uh, the Dutch. Yeah, there was something going on, and you know, uh, commerce obviously was a an important part at the time, and he decided to just cut the. Uh, Cut commerce right. with Louis something that was going to hurt them. Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah. Very cool. Um, when it comes to cheeses, a lot of people, you know, when you think about the experience, how expensive are these cheeses? Obviously, we're importing from France, so you're going to have a little bit of tariff there. But uh, typically, what do these cheeses run? You know, I think that they run for for what they run, but you have to realize also, and I think you, you've, you've had this experience already, these are cheeses with big flavor, so you don't need a lot of it in order to go a long way. Um, so I don't want people to be afraid by the sticker price that they see per pound at a supermarket or at a retail store or at a gourmet shop because you don't have to buy a pound of it. You can really buy a small piece of it and uh, the flavors go a long way. Mm. So how long is the Mimolette aged? You said it's uh, 12 months? These Mimolettes like could go anywhere from uh, yeah 8 months to uh, 36 months. Okay. There's three different categories. There's a young one. There's a Mimolette. And then there's Mimolette Vieille, which is Vieille, old. And then old. there's Extra Vieille, Ex which would be very old. <laughs> and as it ages, again, it becomes very brittle. Uh, a young Mimolette is, is more rubbery in texture. This one's, uh, this one's Extra Vieille, so it's, uh, it's a lot harder. Mm. Well, it's quite delicious. All right, so the last cheese here is a, um, a milky white. I mean, of course it is, uh, but this is a lot of blue in there. Now, it doesn't look like typical blue cheese. Um, tell me about this one. So this is a um, Fourme d'Ambert, which is a... Blue Say that again. Fourme d'Ambert. Fourme 
Dom Bear. Yeah. Right. It's also from Auvergne, which is again that central region in France that's very, uh, that used to be a volcanic region and has very good soil. Uh, and this is a blue cheese that is made from cow's milk as, a por as opposed to, let's say, Roquefort, which is sheep's milk. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you use cow's milk is that you develop a much creamier texture and a milder taste. So this is a great, let's say, bridge blue for people who might not be fans of uh, a very strong blue. This is kind of in the middle. So it, it's a creamy, mild very delicious blue cheese. You're right. When we drew, when we have blue cheese here in the states, obviously um, they're very very pungent. They get a little salty, and um, they're typically a little hard. Right. Whether and it's crumbly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this is very creamy. Right. Now, it's funny when you think about this is the blue cheese is actually mold, right? Right. Yeah. It's Penicillium roqueforti. Roquefort, yeah, which is a very different, is a unique strain, a very specified strain that, that attacks the cheese, right? Uh, a specific strain that also within that strain has hundreds of variations. So mm. uh, each company that makes blue cheese or that has uh, a blue cheese in their range uses a specific strain that makes it their own. Interesting. So I've heard different methods to introduce the uh, the spores to uh, make the, the cheese blue. Right. What's the typical method? The typical method uh, is to insert, let's say, uh, metal rods into the cheese when it is already uh, hardened in its in its mold, and then by doing so, you're copper, letting... right? Copper or or not, it could be you know uh, it could be stainless steel as well. Uh, and uh, once you introduce those um, those rods, obviously air enters the cheese and the spores come in and they start growing within the... So the spores are actually in the air? They're either in the air, in, in old caves for instance, these are things that have been in the cave and are alive and living there. Or hanging out, could, on, hanging the out on the walls. Huh? Yeah. Right on. Or they could also be introduced you know, manually. Okay. Um, Typically, they add salt to these cheeses, or some do and some don't, because this one has obviously a more salt yeah, flavor. No, they, they, yeah, salt is always added. Uh, it's either added uh, into the into the vats, or some other cheeses can be dunked into a brine solution, which is you know the, the salt is being introduced from the outside in. Ah. Some cheeses can be rubbed with it, so it depends on the cheese. Excellent. So how many cheeses are actually imported from France to the United States? I would say currently there's approximately, I would say 400, 400 different types of cheeses that are imported. Wow, 400. I can't even, I can't even imagine how to uh, select cheeses that way. But well, then you kind of go into what you like. There's, uh, there's maybe 400, but there's different types. So you have the blue cheese, you have the soft ripened cheeses, you have the washed rind cheeses, you have the hard cheeses. So once you pretty much find a category you like, then you can explore it within the category. Mm. And all these cheeses are, are both delicate yet uh, um, extraordinary complex. I mean, there's, there's the nuance. When we think of the the, the Briat Savarin, very creamy, and um, you know we have the cream cheese in America, which has got a little bit of, of tartness. But this is actually something that is very, very much like butter. I mean, yeah, it, right. it just reminds me so much of, uh, and I like butter. I always get the unsalted butter, and it's it's quite delicious. I'm sure that uh, I could probably eat that whole thing, and I, I might regret it a little later on. Um, if uh, if we're talking about wine pairings, 
champagne, aperitifs, I mean, crisp wines, right? Crisp whites are, are great, but when you're when France, when you're having cheeses, it typically comes late in the meal, so you're actually probably nursing that red wine you've had, the little Burgundy or Bordeaux. Yeah, you could be. Uh, I think for creamy cheeses, definitely you want something acidic in order to cut that fat. Uh, champagne goes great with uh, Brie Saffron. I think a good rule of thumb is to also look at the wines that come from the same region as the cheeses because usually those pair very well with uh, with their local products. Yeah, it's uh, one hand, left and right hand. That's right. what it was. Um, so this is the, uh, let's talk about, we have the Briat Severin, we have the uh, Saint-Hectaire, Saint the Comte, the Mimolettes, and uh, the blue cheese is called? Forme d'Ombert. Forme d'Ombert, right. And that is from? Auvergne. Auvergne. So we do have two, so right. just like the uh, Saint-Hectaire is from Auvergne. Correct. Excellent. That's in the middle. That's yeah, the, Central the, the Centre. Yeah. Excellent. Um, what's, what do you think is the most popular cheese? Brie, right? Is that the most popular? But there's different kinds of brie, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this Brie Yassavaran is a type of Brie as well. It's a triple creme. Um, here in the U.S., I think we're, we're, we've really evolved. Uh, the, the American consumer has become much more sophisticated, and uh, all these cheeses are, are doing quite well. I think people are, have gone past the regular Brie and are exploring other things that are... That yeah, are Brie produced. to me was always just about the texture. It wasn't much flavor there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a little bit of nuttiness. Um, all these cheeses are pasteurized because the United States has to have, you're right, you know, we're all afraid of, you know, foreign <laughs> germs and all that. Um, how many cheeses are actually unpasteurized in France, do you think? Well, in France, quite a few, although um, here we have we have one unpasteurized. We have a raw milk cheese here with the Conte. Mm. So, really? yeah, because the rule is that... Um, a cheese has to be aged at least 60 days before leaving France. So that's the 60-day the rule that's, uh, that was installed by the FDA. So that kind of limits us to harder cheeses. In this case, Conte is aged at least eight months or more. So, you know, so this one is a raw milk cheese. It's okay. It's going to be raw milk cheese because that's the... In order for them to be PDOs, they have to follow a certain guidelines, and those are one of the guidelines for Conte. Oh, well, I'm going to have another slice of the Conte. So you, you have a campaign here to encourage more uh, consumption and enjoyment of cheeses. What's the campaign about? So the campaign is called Cheeses of Europe, Make It Magnifique. It's a campaign that is uh, promoting European cheeses, and here in particular French cheeses, and we want to educate the American consumer on the variety of cheeses, the use how we can make it really uh, very accessible to um, to the consumer to incorporate these cheeses into their everyday life, into American recipes, but especially you know by adding French cheese to any recipe, you make it magnifique. Oh, magnifique! Okay, is there a website we can go to and direct our listeners to? Sure, it's uh, www.cheesesofeurope.com, and on that website you'll find recipes, videos, but also uh, a list of uh, current. Uh, demo um, uh, and tastings in store. So you, we, we, we do over 1,200 tastings uh, around the country a year, so maybe there's one near you happening right now. Okay, well, it's certainly tasting it, and it's quite enjoyable. Uh, Charles Duke, the um, ambassador or the managing director of the French Dairy Board here in For the Americas, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Christopher. Thanks for having me.